0: This is the Books and Authors Fantasy and Sci-Fi Podcast, Episode 142. Good day and welcome to this episode of the Books and Authors Fantasy and Sci-Fi Podcast. I'm your host, podcaster and author of Fun Fantasy Reads, Jamie Davis. This podcast is exactly what the title says it is, folks. It's a show focused on everything to do with fantasy and sci-fi books. We talk about space opera, epic fantasy, urban fantasy, grimdark, swords and sorcery, you name it. We try to bring you the best and brightest authors from all the various corners of the fantasy and sci-fi book world here on each episode. Kicking off things this week, in addition to my NaNoWriMo project writing The Accidental Monk, I'm also dipping back in to finish up the edit for The Paramedics' Amazon. This is the eighth book in the Extreme Medical Services series, and I'm really working hard to get that to come out before the end of this year. You can check out more information about what I'm up to, including sneak peeks of upcoming covers, special giveaways, updates, and a lot more by visiting the fan group over on Facebook, Jamie's Fun Fantasy Readers. Uh, You can check that out and um, join the group. We'd love to have you there. We talk about not just my books, but everything to do with fantasy and sci-fi books, Um, anything we like, fantasy movies, you name it. So come over and join the fun. I look forward to seeing you over there. Joining us this week on the show is Raymond Johnson. Ray is an army brat who was born in Würzburg, Germany at a very young age. He decided to move back to the United States after his father's tenure in the military was over because, well, he was too young to drive himself. Ray has always had a fascination with superheroes, monsters, horror, fantasy, science fiction, and kung fu and did everything he could to incorporate those things into his daily life. So he decided to become a funeral director. He's also the host of the Lit RPG audiobook podcast and has just released his first book, The Nightmare Game System. So uh, check out my interview with Ray. It's coming up right now. Ray Johnson, it's great to have you here on the Books and Authors Fantasy and Sci-Fi Podcast. Welcome to the show.
1: Well, well, thank you very much. It's an honor to be here. I really do appreciate
0: it. Well, it's an honor to have you on the show. I got to say, I mean, folks may not know your pedigree, but you are the the um, the awesome host of the Fantasy a Lit RPG um, audiobook podcast, which is just um, my go-to resource for for that genre and and especially in audiobooks because that's my primary way of reading books nowadays. So I appreciate all you've done, and now you've got a book of your own out, and you know, kind of delving in, which is exciting.
1: Yeah, yeah, it is, and it's it's funny because th- this was not supposed to be my first book. I actually have another book that I've I've had done for a while. Um, And we've had just had things where we've had to go back and and rework it because it was, it was just way too big. Um, I mean, it was, it was pretty close to like 200,000 words and they're like, look, um, we we can't do this with audio. It's, it's way too huge. We have to break it in half or something or do something with it. And so that kind of like stalled that project. And I've got that pretty much down for the first book now. Um, And we're going to start into the second one, but, I had written Nightmare Game back in 2018. And uh, the, the funniest part about it is, is, you know, that was like right after I had my short story come out in uh, the Viridian Gate Online side quest book. You know, I was like, well, you know, I think I've been doing this for a long time and I, I really have never put my toe in the water, so to speak, and I, I want to do this. And so I started on Royal Road. Everybody's like, go to Royal Road and you get some feedback and everything where I wrote all this stuff on railroad, Royal road and I had like maybe five people respond back to me, you know, and everybody was like, Oh, well, I never got anybody or anything. So I didn't think anything of it. Um, but I had it basically all written except for like maybe 5,000 words worth of stuff. And um, if, I, if I can go on, if unless I'm.
0: Uh, no, keep going. This is what it's here for. This is your opportunity <laughs> okay. to tell the readers what's going on behind the scenes.
1: <laughs> okay. Yeah. So I, I, I was working on the, 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 the Viridian Gate book and, I had the other one completely done, except for 5,000 words. And Annalise Rennie, like when I first put the thing online, two people contacted me. Um, One was Outspan Foster. And I'm really eternally grateful um, for everything he told me, because he's like, look, you got to give your character agency. You've got to give him, you know, likability. And I'm like, you know what? I dig everything you're telling me, but my character, he is not supposed to be a nice guy. He's an anti-hero. He is not like, you know, they go out and do good deeds kind of thing. He is all for himself, he's out to survive. Uh, and other than that, I listened to everything he said. I tried to best I could. I, I think I put in my, my uh, forward where I said, thank you to him. I, I took really crappy notes. So if I didn't listen, <laughs> it's my fault. Um, but Annalise Rennie, the, the first chapter came up and she was like, I have to do this. And she literally went back and, and recorded the entire first chapter herself and sent me a thing and said, can, can you just listen to this? I really want to do this book. And I said, well, I've got this other book I'm working on and I've got to deal with them and I want to have that come out first. And because everything happened, I was like, look, I just want to get this other thing done, get it out. I've been, I've been two years working on this. Can can I just get this one thing out? And she's like, let's do this. We'll make this happen in SAP. So that was kind of how Nightmare Game came into, into the, the fold, so to speak, to, to come out when it did was because I had just kind of gotten hung up with the other stuff. And as much as I wanted to have that be the first thing, I said, you know, I need to get something out this year because I'm having a lot of issues. Um, you know, as, as we go through this, I'm going to have a hard time breathing. So forgive me. Um, so I'm having issues. I'm, uh, just a lot of stuff happening in my life, work-wise and, and moving and, and marital and kids and stuff. So I said, I want to get a book out just in case I drop over dead. Can we just get this out of here? So I can at least say I published something somewhere. And she's like, let's do it. Um, and, and so- we just made it happen it was just like really pretty quick i mean I, I pretty much when she said she wanted to do it the character blair and i don't know how much you've read of the book um I, I literally started writing blair that's a lie blair wrote herself i didn't do anything with blair she she pretty much told me how she was going to act what she was going to say i mean i, I literally would sit there and say this is what i want her to do and she's like nope you know so blair as far as i'm concerned, she's real. Uh, she's a tulpa if you know what a tulpa is it's one of those imaginary you, you imagine something and you imagine it so hard it becomes real well that's Blair I mean she lives in my mind she'll tell me stuff all the time when I'm writing her and I'm like okay I'll go your way I'll do it the way you want it um, but I said she's got Annalise's voice I said Annalise is the one who has to voice this character I don't care who else does what but Annalise is the, the only person I can think of that can can read this this character because the minute she started doing it, I said, "Yeah, that's it." And thankfully, Blair agreed with me. So you know, yeah, uh, that was just how it worked out. It was it was nicely done because she didn't get upset with me, and I was like, "Okay." So Ann Lee has now got it, where we've got it. I think it's it's going to be on audio with three different narrators. One is her, so we're getting that out soon. I hope so.
0: And and I gotta I I gotta say Blair is su- such an engaging character. I mean, she's the AI in the system that, that the, the main character runs into and they kind of, you know, you know, he, she's showing him how the nightmare game works. Right.
1: Right. 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 And, and she, she's not your typical AI. She does not want to be there. Um, she's not meant to be there and she's trying desperately to get out and she sees Ramsen, um, the main character as her doorway. That's how she looks at it. He's, this is the guy that's going to get me out of here and that's all she sees him as, You know, he's he's a, he's a exit from this game. Uh, and then once she gets out, there's a lot of stuff that she can do, but she's trapped right now. Um, it's kind of like a devil's snare. She she got in, she can't get out. And here's the guy that can get her. He's got the ticket, he's got the pass. And so um, she, she's kind of pinning off her hopes on him. So you've got Ramsen, like I say, who's a survivalist and really is not that nice. And then you have Blair, who's just a little bit demonic, uh, little bit. And, um, she, she's even less nice than he is. Uh, so, you, you know, it, it's, it's really just like who can outdo the other in, in terms of, you know, being really cruel to each other. You know, so.
0: and, and and I'm going to, I'm going to counter you because I think Ramson actually has a redeeming quality, um, in that the whole reason he's in, he's in the game and stuck there is mm-hmm. because he's protecting someone.
1: Right, right, and and so
0: I mean he may he's a he's a criminal and he's not a nice guy, and he's selfish and all the things that you'd think of for a guy hooked up with mobsters, but he's he's protecting someone, and that's how he gets stuck inside the nightmare game and and I think that that's all the redeeming quality you need. He can be a horrible person otherwise, but he's got a a pure motive for what right, he's doing. He
1: you're absolutely right. Ramsen really does. He cares about the person. Um, and his goal is basically he he as much as he wants to get out, his goal was just to survive long enough for them to get away and not be found. and and then after that, he doesn't care. as long as they're okay, he's okay. Um, but he he's still gonna try to escape. <laughs> you know? so you know it's, it's it's more about himself. You'll see, I don't know how far you've gotten, but it, it, his his uh, his agency as a good guy. You know, his altruism, it, it kind of it, it's on a scale and it kind of starts to slide as he gets deeper into the game. And he's like, because he really wants to try uh, to be a better person once he finds out, you know, I might just be a damn soul. Uh, you know, I, I might be going to hell after all this. Uh, so maybe I should do some nice things. And then he says, you know what, I am who I am. So he, he struggles with that a lot. You know, that's that's one of the things. But so let's but like
0: I, let, I want to ask you about that, because, uh, you know, I mean, first of all, clearly you have a love for horror genre. I mean, and and it shows in just all of the things that happened to him. And I'm not super far into the book, but just, just the stuff I've read so far is, is, you know, nose hair curling, toe, toe cringing. I mean, I'm, I mean, anybody who listens to me, I mean, my, my brand is fun fantasy reads. There's no horror in anything I write and And so I, I'm not a horror guy, but I was engaged with this book from the very beginning. I needed to know what's going to happen next. I will finish this book because I have to find out how it ends. Um, and, and I think that that's, there's something to be said for that, that you've got somebody that doesn't even like horror that is not enjoying the horror scenes at all, but it has to know what happens. Um, right. So why horror? I mean, what, what is it about horror that engages you so much?
1: Um, I had been into horror since I was a little kid. And I can remember I used to have a toy chest at the foot of my bed and I would take all the toys out and lay inside just so I could be a vampire. And my mother would freak out because you're going to suffocate. You can't sleep in there. And I'm like, I have to sleep in here. This is right. This is, I'm a vampire. I'm going to do this. Uh, So for as long as I can remember, I've been fascinated by monsters, aliens, ghosts, you name it. If it's, if it's creepy, supernatural, scary, like I, I really have never been afraid f- f- from a monster movie. I've got monster movies that I love. You know, I've got certain ones that are just, I cherish everything about them because I look at like how people in them behave. Like for me, like the greatest horror movie of all time is John Carpenter's The Thing. Um, it, it has, you know, here's a, here's a group of people that are trapped. So they're trapped in a game if you want to put it that way. Um, they can't escape. They're facing something that they can't see, they can't find, they can't tell where it is, who it is, what's going to happen next, and how do they behave. And, and you look at this and you say, these are probably some of the most um, realistic reactions that you could get out of characters. You know, so that's, that's me. And, and I think, uh, and I blame my Aunt Peg on this a lot, because um, I think one of the best horror movies I've ever watched has been the movie Alien. And I that, was just watch.
0: thinking, because you mentioned John Carpenter, the thing, I would counter that and say Aliens, the similar movie, and in my mind, uh, better from a horror standpoint. And yeah, I don't like horror, but there's something about Alien that is pure Right.
1: You know what it is? I'll tell you the truth. For me, it's because the first time you see it, it doesn't follow expectations. You think, you know, um, Tom, Tom scarrett's captain is going to be the hero of the show. And he's not, he, he, he gets killed off. And you're like, what did he, there's no way he just died. It just didn't happen. And, you know, and as you go through, you're like, who's the hero? Because everybody is just meeting his horrible grisly demise. And and I got to watch, like, I can remember, my Aunt Peg used to work at a drive-in and my dad would, would go up there and we get in for free. And then, uh, you know, we would watch like Godzilla movies. And then when the, the big scary stuff came on, he'd make us go to sleep in the back. And I can remember watching like Last House on the left over my dad's shoulder from down below the thing, you know, and like horrible things that like, you know seven year old kids should never see, you know, and uh, that sort of stuff. And, and it didn't, it didn't faze me. It didn't bother me. I was like, wow, that was really neat how they did this or what happened. And and for for some reason it's just always gripped me. So horror has been a part of my life for as long as I can remember, as long as I can remember. And it's just one of those things that if you you said like, what's the, what's your favorite all time film? I would have to say what genre, because I can tell you like fifteen different things. Like in you know, a drama, I'm gonna say Citizen Kane. But horror, I'm gonna to have to say well, you got to give me sub sub-gen- subgenres, because I'm gonna say like you know, there's the thing, there's Alien for space, there's the Changeling, you know, with uh, uh, George, uh, oh what the heck, uh, George uh, Sc- Scott, um, George C. Scott. Uh, that was a fantastic. Like there's just certain things I have to say. Like these are the perfect examples of what this is meant to be and so like when I get moved I'll I'll, I have a huge building it's just mine uh, for all my stuff because I've got statues and posters and stuff that I've never been able to put out because my wife can't deal with them and there's no space when I have we have just bought a house and I have this huge building and I'm gonna get my bookshelves out there and I'm gonna put my desk out there and it's just gonna be my little den and I'll I'll, I'll let you all see like all the stuff that I have I've accumulated since I was a kid because I keep everything um, so horror for me, has just been, you know, it's, it's so much ingrained in me. I don't know what I would do if it, if it just went away, I would, I would lose my mind.
0: You know? Well, it it's, it shows because you definitely connect with, I think Ramson, you know, I, I, I felt his, I felt his pain. I felt his, his fear. I mean, yeah, he's, 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 He's not afraid, but but he can't help but be affected by the horror of what's happening to him, right? And, right. You know, and and so you know, you know, it's really a race for his sanity, right? I mean, mm-hmm. it, it, you know, he's you can't go through all of that without having you know losing your sanity throughout the game. And I know that that's something that's a game mechanic for what's going on in there for you. Exactly. Um,
1: well, yeah. He, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Good. No, no. Go ahead. Well, he has things that happen to him in the game that. Literally have nothing to do with like the sanity spiders or game mechanics that make him go a little crazy because like, I don't want to give things away because you haven't finished the book yet and you say you want to read more so I don't want to spoil it. Um, but he meets people in the game and he doesn't expect things to happen the way it ha- like there's a lot of stuff that makes him just kind of like go a little bit further down the rabbit hole than what he should have because he's pretty staunch. He's you know he's one of these I will weather whatever comes my way kind of guys. so he does get scared but he's like well i've got to deal with this i look at it a lot like he's mccready from the thing um you know well i guess i gotta go out and find the thing and i gotta blow it up or burn it up or whatever so no one else can can face it and uh that's how i kind of look at him he just he's just very stoic and he's just like i'm gonna do this no matter what it takes so but i, I have to say you know you're not alone Like i've had people tell me like it was really like the the Intro to the game, you know, when he meets Blair and he's going through the whole process, and she's trying to figure out where he would he would stand. Um, people said that's just so hardcore. And I'm thinking I really watered a lot of that stuff down. Like I didn't even go 100. Like I kept saying, I, I really need to back off and and water back, water down some of the stuff that's happening, just because I know I don't want to have it be a gore book. It's not about gore. It's about horror. But I, I watered so much down. I thought it was I thought it was a, a wussy kind of intro. I was like, Oh, this is just for sissies, you know. <laughs> Everybody's like, Oh, it was terrible. Uh, you
0: know, I'll 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 take it. I, I you know, if that's the name I get for that, that's fine because I can't take it. I, I'm glad you watered it down. I really am. Oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> Yeah, no, I did. Well, I'm not calling you a sissy. I'm just saying, you know. <laughs> no, no, no. I know
0: you. I, I'm just saying I'm claiming it. it it's yeah. fine. If that's watered down, I, that's about where my tolerance level was was set to. So you did yeah, a good that's, job. That's what
1: I kept saying. I, I kept saying, man, I'm, I'm I'm too hardcore. I got I got to back this up, back this up. And I was like, I went too far back, you know, and I'm like, ah, I'll leave it be. And, and you know, I was hoping Royal Road they would say, man, this is, you got to jack this up, you know, crank it up to 11 or something on this. And, of course, no one responded. So um I just went with it. I said, I'll, I'll leave it where it is. And if I, I get like uh, beta readers, whatever, they can tell me what they think. So, and, and everybody kind of said that was a little too much in some spots. And I said, oh, well, thank you. <laughs> I was worried it was too weak, you know, so.
0: So, you know, and, and let's talk a little bit about the lit RPG genre side of it because it does fit in that genre. It's not just horror, but it's horror inside the game mechanics. Right. Um, And I think that, I, you know, I liked, I liked like the whole setup with the, you know, the beginning where, you know, the mob, the mobster that, that has caught him from stealing essentially and wants his money back. And, you know, the, the mechanics of how he's got all of these people that are in the game that, you know, he's torturing for one reason or another, either because he wants information or he wants money or God knows what he wants
1: right well, uh, because there's see, a whole yeah. room
0: full of them. But, you know. Right that, that kind of thing. It almost, you know, the scene I pictured there and of course more than one person, but there's that scene where Liam Neeson and taken has the guy in the chair wired to the light switch. And I'm picturing like a whole room of people like that. Right. Right. And, and then at the end he just turns the light switch on and leaves the guy. And believe me, that's not a nice way to die. And it's not quick. No, Cause there's no, not that, no, there's not that much juice running through those lights. <laughs> so, I mean, oh, no, it was, yeah. I, so I got this whole picture of like this dank, dark basement, you know, alone, you're, you're in a room with people, but you're alone because you're in this, this VR system and yeah, just, just a mess. So I think you captured it really well, but it, did you have trouble? I'm curious, you know, melding the two, bringing the horror and the lit RPG together.
1: No, because the, 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 the way that I, I came up with the idea in the first place was I kept reading everybody saying, look, I, I'm, I'm so sick of and I, and I don't put anything down because everybody has um, a story to tell and there's certain kind of stories that have, to have certain kind of things in them. So like trapped in the game is one of the things, either you love it or you hate it, or you can just, you know, whatever, it's okay. And I'm one of those guys, I'm, I'm okay with it. I don't care one way or another if it's trapped in the game, as long as it's got a plausible reason for it. I don't like, you know, I, I got in here, I can't get out because I can't wake up or something. That kind of bothers me a little bit. But I said, I want to take that, that, that thought, like I'm stuck in the game. And what can I do with that? And I said, well, if it was me, what kind of games do I play? Well, I mean, I played Resident Evil, you know, you you know, Dino Crisis and that sort of stuff. So if I were trapped in a game, it would be, you know, Resident Evil, Dino Crisis, something, you know, Dark Souls or something horrifying that, you know, you wouldn't want to be there. And I thought, well, <clears throat> how do you get stuck there? Well, you know, you, you get put there because you did something wrong and people are trying to scare you into doing something. So who would do that? It was gangsters. So like this whole thing kind of just unfolded in about five minutes in my head as to, how this whole thing would be set up, and so, um, and, and the game is the game itself is broken, um, and they pretty much say that right towards the beginning of the, the story, that um, Tim O'Fay, Tim um, Tim, he, he he mods the heck out of the game. He he really sets it up and he breaks the rules. It's his little sandbox because he's the one that set this up where, uh, you, you know, the VR goes on and then you're stuck in there and, and they they work on you until you you break. That was his idea. And it worked out pretty well so far. So Stanislav is the heavy who's like, you know, hooking him up and going out and catching people and bringing him in. And Timofey is the one who runs the game itself. And he's the one that has control over Blair and all the other players who have kind of gotten stuck in the game. Because if you die there, if you lose your sanity, you're, you're a part of that game forever. You're, you know, you can't get away. And so that was kind of where I said, well, how do you, how do, you do this um, trapped in the game with horror and I said well every level is going to be something different like you know you'll see like we go through a whole like here's zombie there's werewolves there's aliens there's you know this or that slashers I I said I want to throw I I don't want to say I threw everything at the wall and saw what stuck I said here's what I want uh you know I want to have this scene this scene this scene and I put in other other hints like if I ever wanted to expand on the, the story as I was going because I didn't know how long it was going to be how big it was going to be you know, if I was at 75,000 words and I needed like another like horror scenario to put him into, I could go, okay, we did dark forest, but we can do like arachnophobia or we can do like, you know, the count, you know, whatever. And so I put all those in there just as off chances. And I said, I can also do anything else I want. So um, as, as that went through, you know, I, I had it all laid out. I said, here's where we're going to go. And, and this is how he gets out of the game. If he can get out, this is his way out. And, you know, so he's got Blair kind of guiding him step by step, but he's in a broken game. And thankfully, the game's brokenness is the one redeeming factor for him to be able to escape, because as he defeats a level, certain things happen uh, that weren't expected. And, and Timofey can't change that at this point because it would just it would break the whole system. So he's kind of got to ride it out until the end. So he's just got to beat Rams in at his own game
0: it's it's really well done and i and i have to say and you mentioned this a little bit but the the nod to the different genres of horror that you that you include um so that you know there people that are i can see that people that are fans of horror will will really enjoy the different levels essentially you know the different things that happen are presented to ramsen to, to solve is the, the the levels that he has to get through and and master um it's just really well done. Like I said, I mean, it's not something that's my cup of tea normally, but it is something that is, that is it really from right at the very beginning. I, I, I was intrigued um, and, and wanted to know, all right, well, all right, where's this going and how's it going to work out? And, and um, I think folks will really enjoy it. Um, so um, the nightmare, the, the nightmare game system is out now. Um, yes. folks should definitely pick it up. Um, what's the prognosis for the audiobook? Cause I know that's yeah. your jam.
1: Yes, it is. Uh, you know, I couldn't, I could not do a book and not have an audio book lined up. Uh, that just would not be right. And we, we really wanted to set it up so they came out around the same time, but it just didn't work out with contracts. So man, pesty contracts. I know. Uh, yeah. But right now it's, it's through spectrum. So Ann least running and, um, two other authors. I'm not sure. If they're signed yet or not, I'm, I'm going to say tentatively uh, Tor Thompson, I think is his name, is one who's going to narrate the book. Um, and then Steve Campbell is going to be doing voices as well. So it'll be Annalise, Tor, and Steve uh, doing everything. Um, so hopefully it'll, it'll be out really soon. I'm just, I'm waiting for it. And I know we're going to do something on sound Booth Theater in the next couple of days. Uh, Very cool. Yeah, so.
0: Awesome. Well, and, and, you know, I, I want folks to check it out. I, I think that if you like lit RPG and, or if you like horror, I think if you like either or, or both, you are going to enjoy the nightmare game system. Um, Ray Johnson is also the host and I want to get into this real quick. Cause I want to give you a chance to plug your show. Um, the lit RPG audiobook podcast. Um, tell us a little bit about your show and, um, good grief. You're up to what, what episode number now? Uh,
1: you know what? I, I don't, I, I, it's going to sound horrible. I don't keep track of that sort of stuff.
0: Yeah. it. it I, uh, let's just I say just, a I, lot. <laughs> yeah.
1: There's some there. There's a couple. Yeah. There, there's a handful. Um, yeah. I, I don't pay attention to that sort of stuff. It's not my, my thing. I, I, I don't want to say I don't care, but I'm more focused on getting the books read and listened to and that sort of thing and getting that out. Um, I do go back and reply to everybody if they have something to say or something like that. Cause I, I like to answer people if they have a question or something. Um, But no, I've been doing this. It's it's one of those things I didn't expect to do. I didn't have any intentions of doing ever. Um, I know when SBT and Sabu Theater uh, came up with the idea of doing this, uh, they put out a a call and said, anybody that wants to, you know, audition, send us audition tapes. And I I thought, do I want to do that? And I thought, no, you know what, it's not me. I'm I'm an old guy. No one's going to want to listen to me ramble. Um, You know, I'm half an idiot anyway, you know, so so I, I'm not going to do it. And and I I talked with Jeff back then a lot. Like Jeff, you know, I'd be like, hey, Jeff, can I can I get a code for this or can I get out? and out? You know, I would review. So, you know, being a reviewer, people tend to give you give you book codes. <laughs> so so Jeff knew me fairly well. And he said, hey, have you thought about doing this? And I thought, yeah, Jeff, I did. But I, I don't think I, I, I can can do it. And he goes, well, you want to ought to try it. And I said, well, okay. So I thought about it, and, I, and then I recorded. It was probably like the deadline was like midnight or whatever it was. And so, some somewhere between like five o'clock and midnight that day, I, I recorded something and sent it in. And I I said, man, that sucked. It sucked. I was terrible at it. I, I didn't talk right. I didn't speak smoothly. So I re-recorded it and resubmitted. And um, uh, Ramon said, look, this is the guy we want right here. He cares enough to try harder. Because he he didn't you know do, didn't think he did well enough the first time so let's get him and so I, you know I got the I got the gig and I tried to make it different from Ramon's show because Ramon has his own style of doing things he, he has his own here's what I do I do like here's what's coming out here's what's going to happen here and so I said you know I, I could do that but I'm, I don't want to copy everything he does because it's just not going to be original it's not going to be me so I tried to be like if you especially if you watch the earlier episodes where I had like my son. Um, who would help me we would do like a lot of stupid stuff like you know i'd be like hey it's it's whatever and then he'd throw something and hit me in the head and he really would throw and hit me in the head hard uh he didn't take it easy on me um so you know that was just one of those things so i kind of evolved that so i try to keep some irreverence in it and i try to do like specials periodically so i'll do like a dungeon special or post apocalypse or harem special just because ramon doesn't do that and that, that keeps me um kind of separate from him you know i, I want to say I'm, i stand away from him in that aspect of stuff so i, I do that but yeah I, I try really hard to to be very very fair um and, uh, and there's been a very few books that i've been really really hard on um when it came to it but it's, it's usually something i think either um they just did this because they knew it was lit rpg and they thought they could sell it as lit rpg they were something that came in from outside and and if they had done it and they'd done it right i wouldn't have cared I just said, like, you know what? This guy's like—he's written romance, and he did this little RPG, and it's fantastic. But it's, if if you you watch a couple of the ones that I've done that with, it, it, they're just they're just not there. They don't make it, and I have to be lost about it. And there's a couple times that I've said some things about narrators. I'm usually trying to be really fair about it, but a narrator with me is either really they hit or they really miss. And there's middle of the road people, but it's either really hit or miss. And I have to say, like, there's certain ones. I'm like, you know what? Uh, And I know I got some controversy one time over one. I said, you know, it just feels like I'm not saying this was the case, but it's kind of like, you know, I just got, I got paid and I'm going to do everything but kiss you in the face for doing this job. You know, that's just the way it was. And that's how it came across me. There was no love for the material. There was no life to it. It was just kind of like, I'm here and I'm done. That's all it is. And, And so people are like, you can't say that. And I'm like, look, I'm just giving you my opinion. I didn't outright say anything negative. I just said, Here's how I felt this came across. And I am totally wrong most of the time when I fix things. So um, I, uh, excuse me, I I, I uh, try to keep myself reined in sometimes. And Ramon will say, hey, do you really want to say this? And I'm like, go ahead. It's okay. <laughs> yeah. So but everything I say is totally honest and it's, it's really fair. I try to keep everything above board when it comes to it.
0: And I think that's why everyone respects your show so much. And, and when you give a compliment, it's earned. I, I, you know, I, I mean, you haven't liked everything about my books. And, and I honestly, when I switched up and went from Roberto over the first three books and then had Stacy take over because it was a female character to do the second three books in the series, um, you weren't a big fan of her that first book. It wasn't until Accidental Raider that, you know, that she got a, you know, she really took off with the character, I think, and Mm -hmm. really became Carrie. Um, and, and, you know, and you, you noticed that. And I I had noticed it too. I think she did a great job with, with accidental duelist, but it was it was a combination of me being into the character more and, and with accidental raider and her getting into the character more as a narrator. Um and and I think that, you know, and you noticed that. So I, I think you're fair. I think when you give a compliment, it's earned. When there's a problem, it's usually right on target as far as I'm concerned. I, I've never had a I've never had a problem with anything you've said about any of my books. And you've 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 been honest, you've given compliments where it was due, and you've also said that there were some things that missed. And hey, you know what? That that's for me to fix and become a better author. If I can't take a little bit of criticism, I'm never gonna get better.
1: Now, well, I understand that, but I, I do want just, to just say this. You know, I love
0: your stuff. <laughs> I know you, I know you do, but you've, do. you've totally also do. always had something that didn't fit or didn't click. I think, you know, Raider was probably the one book that you were like head over about because, but I think it clicked with you for the same reason that book clicked so well with me the whole time I'm picturing like seven different Errol Flynn movies in my head while I'm writing that book because I was just channeling all of my love for that swashbuckler genre into that series and that book really captured all of it the most.
1: Oh, absolutely. It did. Like, like, and I know, I know, I know exactly what you're talking about. I, I did say that, that, you know, that the book really just felt like it was, it was a thing of love. I mean, you know um, as I listened to it and you, you, like you said, she did improve, she got better, she became the character. And that's, that's what I look for um, when I listen to, to audio is does this person like, do they live the character? And you know, I can say there's certain narrators who, when I listen to them, um, they are that character. I can't put anybody else in that place other than that person. You know, you could take anybody you want and put them in there. They could be a great narrator, put Luke Daniels in here, and it's not gonna be the same as you know, and I don't care who it is, it could be like an, an unknown person. They take that character and it's theirs, you know. And I've said that I've got certain ones I can say, these are the ones that you know, they, they are those people. And and yes, she became Carrie. 100% as of that, I think it was the second book in. Yeah. And and, and and there's,
0: and there's, there's actually when I need to think about how I need to write Carrie, there are a couple of scenes in that book. I will play back Stacy's performance of the character and listen to how she voices Carrie. And then I can go write Carrie. You know, if right. I'm, if I'm feeling like I'm lost in the character a little bit, you know, it's her voice performance that pulls me back to center.
1: Yeah. And, and you know, and I think, uh, and and again, I don't want to say I, I was hard on her for a lot, but it, it was the you, you dropped Roberto.
0: <laughs> I, you know, I did, and and I knew I knew there was going to be some of that, but I felt like it was I, I I felt like it wasn't that he couldn't voice a female prime character, but I wanted to I wanted to change on purpose. I wanted to give her her own voice on purpose, and you know, as a producer and and, and an author, that's that was an, an artistic decision. Sometimes it worked, sometimes it didn't. I think it worked really well in the long run. Um, I'm looking forward to bringing the two of them together for the next book. Um,
1: I'm excited to hear that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, but I definitely, um, just one. I just wanted to thank you for being such a proponent for the genre, for audiobooks in the genre, and and for being fair and and honest with your your um your reviews because we want, we want our readers to find the right book for them, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And, and I think your reviews help the right reader find the right books.
1: Well, I hope if that's, that's really all I can ask for, you know, I'm not a big fan of like star systems or whatever. I, I'm really more of a, like the Ebert and Siskel thumbs up, thumbs down, <laughs> you know, cause I can say, I love this book. And to me, like, what's the difference between like a 9.5 and a 10 or an 8.4 and a nine, there's not that much and and, you know that's the thing like um it's funny because like if you watch Ramon and then you see like Ian review it the same book or I'll review the book later on like we're usually like a point above Ramon because like Ramon's set like seven is his like this is a good book his eight is this is an amazing book and then you you never hardly ever see like a nine hit and and you know so if you get a seven you're like wow I got a seven for Ramon uh, exactly
0: i remember saying that i showed the review to my wife when accidental thief came out and i Ooh. went ramon gave me a seven i'm like ecstatic
1: <laughs> yeah exactly so you, you know and, and that's where i say like and, he, and, and i'm sorry it's not Ian, it's Ian, it's Ian. um he he's usually like a point above too so i think and i'm not saying we're more realistic about it i think we're we kind of like just saying this deserves a little bit more focus because it's it's that much more, and and so you can see like where where we go with it, and I've, I've changed my ideas on like the numbering system a couple times overall as the, the show has progressed um, because I just think you know if it's a good book if I enjoy it that, that's like a five right unto itself, and then you know how's the narration how's the right I have criteria I have to meet. Um, you know, just because of that. So if I enjoy the book, you're already at a five, and that's not too bad just to start off with. Because then you just add points as we go, and really, I, and I the, the decimal point system, it's just to kind of say this is just a little bit more, <laughs> you know. But uh, I'm not a big fan of the stars. I, I don't know how I could get away with doing something differently at this point. But uh, yeah, yeah, I just think like you know, Ian and I, um, we we do things a little bit differently for remote. And again. Ramon does his job fantastic he's the the bar we all set ourselves absolutely you know, you know to go with um, so uh you know like I said, I'm not trying to, to beat him in his own game I'm just trying to say I'm I have a different viewpoint on on things
0: well no and you've got to set your you've got to set your standards I mean you know that's that's the thing about being a reviewer it is by very nature subjective mm-hmm. And so your, your standard and your, your scale is not going to be the same as anyone else's scale. Um, you know, I, I always, you know, when I think about movies, you know, I always take movie reviews with a grain of salt because I just, I, when I go to the movie, I want some entertainment. I don't necessarily want great art. If, if I get entertainment and art, okay, great. That's fantastic. But I ultimately just wanted to go for a little bit of escape. And yeah. so I'll take all of, you know, I'll take a review. If they give some, if if they give it an okay review and they say it was engaging and funny, well, okay, I'll go. It, it doesn't have to be a five-star review. So I think everybody has to take, you know, understand the reviewer's own perspective and then see how that matches against their own. Um, and so you can, so you can kind of make a comparison that makes sense for you. So right. you do a great right. job with it. Um, Look, we're I, you and I could sit here and talk books. I think probably for another hour, but we're at the end of this segment. But the good news is, I want to have you back on for your next book. So make sure you reach sure. out to me. Um, in the meantime, where can folks find you and find out about what you're working on and how you know how things are going with the audiobook release and things like that?
1: Uh, well, I, I'm on Facebook. I'm not as much on there as I used to be, just because my work has been so. That's just been a lot lately. Um, but I do have a Facebook page. It's the Raymond Dale Johnson author page. uh, And I make my announcements there. So you can contact me there. I'm, I'm on Facebook. It's just myself, you know
0: that's cool no and and so i'll have links to this in the show notes for this episode everybody can find you there they'll find links to the nightmare game system so i hope people will check it out like i said they should they should definitely pay attention and um and give it a shot because it's going to surprise them whether they like horror or not i think they're going to be surprised pleasantly by um how it engages them and um Ray, thanks for coming on the show. We'll definitely have you back, and um, it's an honor to be able to review your book and, and talk with you about it.
1: Well, it's been a real pleasure, and I do appreciate it. And, and next time I run through Delaware, we'll make sure to look you up. <laughs> so, but thank you for having me. It's been a nice time, and I didn't didn't suffocate. I talked pretty well. <laughs> so,
0: all right, we're clear.
1: All right. Well, thank you, Jamie. I appreciate it all.
0: Oh, no problem. So, so you're having some health issues? You said breathing and that's going to wrap up this episode of the books and authors fantasy and sci-fi podcast i hope you'll catch up with us for a whole lot more from the fantasy and sci-fi focus community both over on facebook in our group and over at fantasy-focus.com leave a comment on this episode and let me know what's on your mind Also on the website, on each of the podcast episode posts, there's a link to subscribe to the show right there below the audio player. You can sign up for your favorite mobile app uh, using iOS or Android. You can even subscribe by email if you want so you don't miss any of our upcoming episodes. We've got some amazing authors scheduled for the coming months to wrap up our year. You won't want to miss them. That's it for this episode, though, of the Books and Authors Fantasy and Sci-Fi Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Jamie Davis, author of Fun Fantasy Reads. Don't forget to follow me over on Facebook. You can do that over at Jamie's Fun Fantasy Readers in my group over there. Also on my website, jamiedavisbooks.com, where if you go to the website, you can get a free book. Just sign up for the newsletter in the right-hand column there. Whatever you do, though, subscribe to the podcast. Come back here for the next episode. And while you're waiting... Keep your eyes open out there, folks, because there's magic all around you.